This is a trigger warning as this podcast does contain graphic references to topics such as sexual abuse, sexual abuse against the trans community and religious sensitivity. Hi everyone, welcome to The Fear Project, Episode 3, Evil is Beyond the Skin. For the past two weeks, I've been feeling super frustrated with how Malaysia has been from fitness instructors encouraging fat phobia to xenophobic posters by our own ministries and the peak of it all the irony of a female medical practitioner who has a PhD ridiculing women who want to strive better in life and to give back to the society these issues they just hit me hard because it does feel like when you're moving two steps ahead you're suddenly reminded that you're pushed 10 steps behind and you have to start from scratch. But for today, I want to call all of you to discuss something really important about children's safety and the double standards that exist in our society. Now let's zoom into issue number one. Child sexual grooming or NBM among sexual terhadap kanak-kanak. This is a process. Grooming is a process. And it is a slow, gradual affair where adults use the basis of trust untuk berkawan dengan seorang kanak-kanak, to befriend a child. But for the end goal of sexual purposes, untuk mencapai kepuasan seksual. Now, normally we are taught that abuses, penderaan, only appear violent, aggressive and just plain brutal. We see posters of blood, of kids um, covering their faces, um, injured women, wounded faces on all of these posters because obviously when it comes to abuse, it's violent, it's aggressive and it's brutal. But with grooming, it's the total opposite of that stereotype understanding of abuse. A child or even an adult who is groomed is rarely brutalized against. Because what happens is that most of the time, children and the people surrounding the child don't even know that sexual grooming is taking place. But why? This is because the trust built between the predator, the child, and not to be forgotten, the family members or the guardians of the child. To depict what I mean, I would like to share a film based on a true story entitled The Tale. The writer and the director of this film is the main character of the movie itself, narrating her past as a sexually abused student by her own coach. Now, she was just a schoolgirl and she was preyed upon her coach who taught her horse riding. He made her feel special, spent extra time together, complimented her, made her feel like you know she's her coach's favorite student because he brings her to special lunch outs together and stuff now from the eyes of the people who don't know what grooming is this is normal to an extent wow what a kind guy what a kind coach but for us for you me and everyone who's listening to this podcast we know that these are steps taken by a predator to sexually groom a child by doing all of those things I've just shared 
This girl felt safe and most importantly, she felt like she could trust her coach and she genuinely fell in love with him. One important thing to raise here is that even her parents were trusting of the coach and did not suspect anything wrong, even though she was spending so much time together with the coach. Eventually, later on in the movie, she was sexually victimized by the coach and she was able to redeem her traumas in the past um, by confronting him. So, sorry, that's a spoiler. <laughs> But yeah, there's a lot to discuss when it comes to grooming. There's the discussion of power dynamics, the role of the age gap between the predator and the victim, power dominance of the, of the abuser on the child, and many, many other more aspects. But to make things simple for now, I reckon that we should look into the basics. How does grooming happen? I lay down five steps. The first stage is when the predator targets a child. A child can be an introvert, can be an extrovert. Any child is, is exposed to the danger of being sexually groomed. So just because a child is loud and is vocal doesn't mean the child is not subjected or is not vulnerable to sexual abuse. Secondly, once the predator targets the child, the predator then builds the trust with the child and that's when you see this predator um, beginning to rapatkan diri dengan diri dia dengan kanak-kanak tu spend time together and like the story that i shared even took her out to have lunch together uh, made her feel special etc one thing to also remind ourselves grooming does not happen overnight Predators are patient people. They can take weeks, they can take months to just build a relationship of trust with the child in order to get the end goal, which is the sexual purpose. So once this predator builds a relationship of trust, be it, you know, they, they make their relationship into a special girlfriend-boyfriend kind of thing or, you know, the predator, the predator just makes the child believe that they do have a level of a special relationship what happens next is thirdly the predator then introduces physical touches the predator um, blurs out the boundaries of physical intimacy the predator may start sitting closely to the child the predator may touch certain places that are quite safe for instance the shoulders the hands for the purpose to blur out the boundaries with the child because once the child is familiarized with these physical touches the predator gets a window which brings us to the fourth stage where the predator introduces sexual touches now because the child may be already comfortable with for instance her uncle touching her on her lap when the predator then touches her on unsafe places private parts the child may feel okay this is weird this is probably wrong but what do i do now um he's my boyfriend i think it's okay he probably just touched me that way it's probably an accident children will give themselves excuse 
to justify for the predators. And we're not just talking about children, guys. Even for us as adults, if our bosses or if our colleagues grabs us on the shoulders and we justify for them, we say, uh, he's just being friendly, I guess. Children also do the same. They also go through the similar confusion in their minds. They are confused. They are um, they're feeling guilty. They're feeling anxious. Similarly to how adults feel as well. So when the predator has sexually touched the child, the predator will then force or manipulate or even threat the child to make this relationship between them as a secret because sexual abuse punya hallmark lah dia punya main core dia adalah secrecy and that's why it's also very important for us to teach children about safe and unsafe secrets and surprise surprise grooming can also happen online especially online now, the recent case of a famous cosmetic entrepreneur being, being arrested for online sexual grooming. Now, this caught my attention. This person and her peers went on a live streaming on Instagram. And she actually allowed boys, underage boys, to talk about sexual matters, displayed unsafe and un unhealthy behaviors such as vaping, and even intentionally or unintentionally displayed private parts of her body during the live streaming. And to an extent... Um, that I saw personally with my own eyes, a follower was allowed to join her life, showing himself masturbating. So, how was this live streaming an act of sexual grooming? Now, this is where we need to understand how does sexual grooming can actually happen online as well. What she did was she encouraged and allowed dirty, uncontextualized and unhealthy conversations about sex with the presence of minors. Now, that is the first thing that she did wrong. She and her fellow peers all sounded casual and even funny when discussing these things in the presence of the children, making it appear that, hey, this is totally normal to talk about fucking and sexual, sexual parts and stuff like that. It's cool, it's funny, it's normal. And that is exactly what grooming is. What we think is weird and wrong and uncomfortable, the predators make us feel that, hey, this is totally normal. And in many grooming cases, the predators do use um, normalizing these sexual behaviors as acts of love, as gestures of showing commitment in, in the relationship and whatnot. Some even use scriptures of the Holy Quran to justify you know, themselves um, sexually abusing their victims. So this is a strategy by, by predators to approach children when it comes to online sexual grooming. What this person did, she threw a facade to make herself as appealable and approachable to her targets through these conversations that she had. Knowing how children are inquisitive, knowing how children are curious to know, she latched on that vulnerability and took advantage to abuse them verbally online. She may not have touched them and the children may not appear traumatized or scarred but these are not defenses to sexual grooming. Now, Malaysia has a specific law, which is good. The Sexual Offences Against Children Act 2017, which caters to sexual grooming of a child. So you guys should check that out. 
Now, all of this, I hope, have enlightened all of you a little bit about grooming and how grooming can also happen online, even through an Instagram live. Sexual grooming, especially now during MCO, normally happens through DMs as well, where predators befriend children online and they start having sexual communications via Instagram DMs, via Snapchats and whatnot. If you do have information about these sexual conversations, this dangerous um, relationships that your child may be involved with it is online sexual grooming and it is a crime in malaysia you as an adult can take action just make a report to the police or call 15999 so that they can assist you further now the second part that i would like to touch is what shocked me even more <laughs> Now, this particular case escalated so quickly because, well, the predator is a known person. And secondly, another prominent person made a report against her. She was immediately caught by the authorities to go through remand. Now, I was, of course, um, happy to see that this particular abuse case got so much traction so quickly. And of course, as a child rights activist, it does relieve me that cases like this is an opportunity for NGOs, for people who are passionate about child protection to use this as an example to teach their people, you know, their circles to talk and learn about sexual offences committed against our children. But what really got to me was the double standards that Malaysia has on this case and how misled they were by their own personal biases. Now this person is a trans woman and people immediately equated her gender expression to her predatory behavior meaning she is trans therefore she is a predator to me this is extremely wrong and it is extremely detrimental to our friends a person can be straight as fuck but can abuse children as well but i don't hear anyone saying oh sebab dia straight lah diprogol because it's wrong you know a person can appear pious but can still sodomize young boys. But I don't hear anyone concluding, Oh, Tok Imam tu memang lah. Tok Imam memang suka liwat budak sebab dia Tok Imam. We don't say those kind of stuff because it's wrong. It's obviously wrong to, to associate these predators to the group that they belong in a certain community. It's wrong. But in Malaysia, Ken, when it comes to being gay, when it comes to being trans, terus everyone in their community is labeled as such. Sebab dia gay, sebab dia pondan lah Banyak benda-benda ni berlaku Now this is a case about child grooming Full stop But yang kena drag, yang kena trash Is the trans community in Malaysia Don't be distracted by the fact that This person has fake boobs That doesn't make her a predator What makes her a predator is what she did online the very fact that she committed online sexual grooming on live streaming. Laju betul kes ni dan cepat orang nampak kesalahan dia. Tapi kenapa bila kes berlaku behind closed doors, misalnya seperti asrama, sekolah, mahupun rumah, kita susah nak trust when the child cries for help. We question our our children for, for saying that, you know, their teachers abuse them, that their teachers touch them wrongly. Because this teacher may not be trans, so kita susah nak percaya. Kalau cikgu tu pondan, mungkin lagi senang kot untuk Malaysians percaya. So that's my point. 
And my point of contention is this and only this. Is it because the predator in this particular case is a trans? Therefore, everyone can easily agree that she is wrong. But if a normal cisgendered person were to do it, we always will think twice. When a male teacher makes a rape joke, a rape joke eh, pasal rogol eh, rogol eh, we ask to forgive him because it was a mistake. He happened to choose the wrong word. When a male doctor makes jokes on national TV about sewing a woman's vagina up post-delivery to increase sexual pleasure for the men, for the husbands, we say that he is joking. Now, our society is more than ready to defend these cisgendered people without these people having to speak for themselves. Netizens are ready to, to, to explain on behalf of these um, problematic people. But bila predator tu gay or trans, satu Malaysia boleh setuju orang tu salah. Tak perlu pun nak, oh mungkin Safi Ilyas tersalah kot, dia, tunjuk, dia tertunjuk titik dia kot. Tak ada pula orang nak backup dia, tak ada pula orang nak, you know, justify on her behalf. Now why is there a double standard? Kalau orang tu buat salah, full stop. You must see and you must accept that evil is beyond one's skin. Just because a woman wears the hijab and is a Malay Muslim doesn't mean that she cannot abuse a young boy because she can. Just because a man has the tasbih in his hands does not mean he cannot abuse his own wife and children at home. Just because they look the way that they look does not mean that you know what evil or good this person has in them. My call to speak about this solely is because the gay and the trans community is already suffering so much. They are subjected to extreme sexual-based violence. From schools, feminine boys being sexually harassed. No one gives two fucks about them. To workplaces where trans people, trans sex workers are more likely to be sexually brutalized by their clients. Now, just because their skin is different from us does not give us the ticket to treat them as second-class citizen. You may have different religious beliefs. And yes, I'm talking to you Muslims out there. Risau sangat nak talk about LGBT because you takut nanti you supporting them makes you a cafe. You are allowed to speak up for people who are being marginalized, people who are oppressed and that's what our religion taught us. You may agree or disagree to their lifestyle and to their sexual orientation. But what you cannot disagree, they are also humans and they are also vulnerable to abuse and dangers. And because they are humans like us, they deserve the equal protection that we get as well because we're humans and kita diberi hak yang sama the moment kita dilahirkan kat bumi ni display the same amount of energy lah that you have with this Safi Ilyas case 
and use that same energy to other cases of abuse and rape. Speak up for victims, speak up for survivors because it is right. Don't speak up for a particular case just because you want to trash the LGBTQ community. Don't mask your commentary for child protection to talk shit about the LGBTQ community. Diorang tak ada kaitan dalam kes ni. This is a case of child grooming and full stop. So again, to make myself clear, because I don't want to be taken out of context and I don't want to be understood wrongly. I'm not saying that Safi Ilyas deserves kindness. She is a fucking predator and she can go to hell. But what I'm saying is that all of you have to be unconditional when you want to protect survivors and victims and especially children. You have to be unconditional. Jangan because budak ni Malay Muslim, aku support dia. Kalau di India, I don't give two fucks. Kalau budak ni gay, aku tak support dia. Tapi kalau budak tu tak gay, aku baru support dia. No. You speak up for child protection because they are children and they need adults to protect them. Even if your favourite penceramah is the alleged predator, you will still speak up against him or her because a child's life is at stake. Evil is beyond the skin. And let's sit on that for a bit.